I really want to thank a couple of the mothers from this congregation for being willing to sort of work on Mother's Day. And not just Miss Susan, but our speakers today, Robin Drury and Danette Moore. If you will help me welcome them. Robin, would you like to go first, please? Good morning. When I um, heard Susan's voicemail asking me to speak on Mother's Day, a uh, psychological battle began between my fear of public speaking and my eagerness to please and not say no. <laughs> As you can see, my eagerness to please won uh, with some encouragement from Jason to just do it. <laughs> a little liquid courage also helped in the form of two mimosas this morning with breakfast. <laughs> Um, we are called mother, mom, or mama, if you live in the South. And I wondered where that name came from. In Mandarin Chinese, it's mama. Spanish, mama. Icelandic, mama. Punjabi, ma. And Hebrew, um. It's no coincidence one of the first word-like sounds babies typically vocalize is the ma sound. And almost every language across the globe has taken that baby talk as the basis for the word mother. So our babies named us. And boy, do they like saying mama. <laughs> I wondered if anyone had recorded the number of times a child says mama in a day. The closest I could find was the statistic that a preschooler requires mom's attention every four minutes or 210 times a day. Wow. So no wonder one in five preschool age children attends preschool outside of the home. <laughs> this research led me to more statistics about mom that I found amazing, and I'm just going to share a few. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, a lady from Italy in 1955 gave birth to a 22-pound, 8-ounce boy. A mom from Oregon gave birth to her own biological child, no IVF, at 57 years old, and the best for last, between 1725 and 1765, a woman from Russia gave birth to 69 children, 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. That was unbelievable, so I, I had to triple check it, but I found it three times. Record setting aside, there are many unbelievable aspects to motherhood. If someone had told me before I had children the things I would do, the number of loads of laundry that are never ending, the number and size of messes I would clean up, but mostly the love and feelings that would come over me for those beautiful babies, I don't think I would believe I was capable of such things. So if any of you don't know, I homeschool my two kids. So on Fridays, a group of... Uh, me and some homeschool friends get together for our under-socialized children to play together. And we were talking about our most challenging moments as a mom. And believe it or not, it was not homeschooling. It was 
unanimously agreed it was when two or more of our kids had a stomach virus at the same time. (laughs) All of us agreed we were pushed to our limits. We all had stories. And if any of y'all seen the divine secrets of the Yaya sisterhood, you know the scene I'm talking about. (laughs) It wasn't that bad, though. Uh, This is mine, minus the gory details. I was three and a half months pregnant with Elijah. Jason was out of town, and we were catching a plane in two days to meet him at his parents' house in Rhode Island. It started around 10 p.m. with Caroline, and by midnight, it had moved to Shane. And by 2 a.m., every bed in the house was stripped, all the sheets, covers, needing washing, and I was scrubbing mattresses. (laughs) The conditions of the bathroom was appalling, I was the floor nurse at LSU for 14 years, so I've seen some stuff. But this was impressive. (laughs) Between the cleanup and watching my kids suffer, that was the most difficult moment thus far I've ever experienced as a mom. Part of me wanted to hold them and just make it better and all of it go away, but part of me wanted to jump in the car and get out of there as fast as I could. But of course I didn't. Motherhood, the act of nurturing and caring for another human thing, teaches us all the wonderful, selfless things we never knew we were capable of. Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. Whether you care for people, a cat, a dog, or a plant, we all deserve a day. Thank you. I was, I was quite surprised. I was, I was moved when Susan, uh, I also heard the voicemail, so <laughs> asked me if I wanted to speak on Mother's Day this year, and I thought, am I qualified? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a biological mom, and I'm not a full-time parent. Um, when I was growing up, and, uh, and, and as a young woman, being a mother was something I just really always wanted. I always assumed that that would be something that I did, and uh, I always, yet I found myself always deferring it to the right time, so <laughs> it was always a protected place in my heart and my life. When I finally felt, that some years later, sufficiently humbled by life, <laughs> that I thought I might finally be ready for that experience, I looked around, and I wasn't really in the relationship that I wanted to bring a child into, and, and uh, couldn't really welcome the challenge of single parenthood. Um, And when somebody would ask me if I had children, I'd kind of usually say, well, I've not been blessed. Um, But there have been some opportunities in my life that provide some of the same types of gratifications as as parenting, such as my work as a therapist, um, my three years as an elementary school art teacher, and I do look at my life and see that many of my choices have had an undercurrent of desiring to create a better life for children and families. Um, When I met Terry in 2006, I look back, I know I had to have a significant level of denial when he told me that he had, uh, well, he's got two biological kids, adults, but he had eight adopted children who at the time ranged in age from four to 17. When I first met them all at the same time, 
I remembered, uh, well, there was some delight, but there was also some overwhelm. <laughs> and I also, I also became aware of the grief that he was going through it, no longer being able to be, play that role of a full-time parent. Uh, and of his pain uh, when at one point their mother decided to move to another state uh, where regular visitation wouldn't even be feasible on a regular basis. I, so I also experienced judgment, my own judgment at times, like what could they've been thinking? And eight, one child is so much, you know, but eight. Um, <laughs> and I didn't get a lot of support from my most of my friends and family about that either. When I told them about Terry's situation, my mom said, uh, must have, Terry must have thought he was Brad Pitt or somebody. <laughs> 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 Paradoxically, though, one of the things that attracted me the most to this man was seeing the love and affection that he held for his children and his commitment to maintaining his relationship with them, his dedication to communicating support, regardless of the difficulty of the circumstances. So with some feeling that I kind of missed out on parenting, and had, had I had been single for about 11 years, I did find the idea of interacting with children compelling, if, if a little intimidating, especially with the eight. <laughs> uh, some of the personal values that I hold in regard to parenting are, well, to recognize and to mirror the child's inherent goodness, to uh, always pay attention to the relationship, to provide structure limits, and natural consequences when possible and consistently see. But, of course, not all of those are my strong suit, especially the consistency part. I, I can now say that I've weathered some of the storms of parenting with Terry. And may, I may at times have been able to help a little uh, when he might have gotten, I could see him kind of getting hooked with a defiant child or an adolescent. Um, th this experience has affirmed some of my own beliefs about relationship, which uh, has been described by meditation teacher and grief specialist Stephen Levine as a type of spiritual path, as he called it, the most difficult yoga. <laughs> he, state, he stated, you, do, you don't see too many yoga, yogis in relationships. <laughs> Author Ra Rachel Naomi Remen stated, I, had, I have come to suspect that life itself may be a spiritual practice. The process of daily living seems able to refine the quality of our humanity over time. There are many people whose awakening to larger realities comes through the experience of ordinary life, through parenting, through work, through friendship, through illness. And I recalled one conversation that Terry and I had. I think I was still in the overwhelm phase. And I said, well, what if something happened to their mom and they would come to live with us full time? I'm not sure I could handle it. He looked at me and replied, I don't know if I could handle it either. <laughs> I recognize the wisdom in his honest response. And so from that point, perhaps I've been learning to practice day by day living rather than trying to anticipate every difficulty. So I, I do now see um, that witness, how witnessing the level of sacrifice and the importance of simply being there as a parent has helped me in my own spiritual and emotional development. 
One of my first and greatest understandings was the lesson that I've encountered with regularity in most areas of my life, which is to let go of any idea of what works or my own expectations or plans <laughs> uh, and be willing to kind of pause and, and step back uh, when something is obviously not working. Uh, I had to learn that being natural and relaxed is a way to go with kids. And privately, I've had to sit um, with and confront my, my own self-centeredness at times. But I've also learned that I can only do so much. And I have had to see that I often judge myself harshly uh, and uh, with, have some unrealistic standards about how I think uh, things should be done that create undue pressure, mostly on myself. When I recognize I'm doing this, I also find that humor helps a lot, helps me to get real pretty quickly when I catch myself. Years of dealing with uh, kids um, has taught Terry a level of flexibility, which I, as a um, childless, more self-indulgent person, was have to have a crash course in. Um, also, I've found that being anxious around kids has me feeling that I'm betraying them in some way. Uh, so I recognize that taking care of my own stress level and committing to being in the moment with them as much as I can is by far the greatest gift that I can give, perhaps much greater than thinking up the best entertainment or uh, creating a meal which might not always be appreciated as I think it might be. <laughs> Hot dogs, pizza. <laughs> uh, having gotten through the, the difficult first years of testing and building trust, I recognized that I didn't really need to try to be a parent, parent, um, so much as just a caring adult friend and mentor to them to appreciate each of them for the unique gifts that they have to bring. I've survived feeling I've blown it <laughs> at times. I've recognized that we are all learning process together and we can talk about it. I've also realized that I'm really more like the grandparent who gets to enjoy them and then send them back <laughs> so I have respect for their mom who's there for them on a continuous basis and she, uh, I was really moved once when she expressed gratitude to me for the care that I've shown them so this imperfect and messy experience has really further made tangible to me the truth that when we drop our, our ideas of what life should be we become free to wholeheartedly say yes to our life as it is um, to mother seems not so much a destination as a journey, one in which you may awaken to discover yourself flipping pancakes on Sunday morning. It does not seem uh, even gender exclusive as an activity and is just as much about letting go as it is about recognizing and nurturing potential. Um, and if you love, it could happen to you. And today, I can say I feel most truly blessed in having the precious experience of family and relationship that has come to me in the second half of my life. And uh, happy Mother's Day to all. Thank you. Thank you.